welcome to the Metabolic Mommy Podcast. If you're a busy woman that resorts to eating less and working out more for fat loss, but nothing seems to move the needle for you, and instead you're left feeling tired, bloated, and anxious, mama, you're in the right place. My name is Ems, and I'm founder and head coach at the Metabolic Restore Method. This is a no BS podcast for women who are tired of on and off dieting cycles. You're done falling victim to diet culture and all the false quick fix solutions that society promotes. We make fat loss simple. Eat more and do less. Now let's get into it. Hello, Metabolic Mommies. We are here with another free training from our Facebook community. If you are not part of it, definitely join. It's free to join. It's called Metabolism Secrets for Busy Women. And it's really a group dedicated for women who are really looking to dig into the root cause of their fat loss resistance, heal him to heal symptoms from, you know, fatigue to chronic bloating to PCOS to thyroid problems. And we really want to live a life that is worth living, one where we feel confident, where we feel energized. So today's training has a lot to do with that. It's going to be get to know your cycle and how to sync up your nutrition and exercise around your you know period so let's dig right into the training so covered in this training we're going to be explaining the phases of your menstrual cycle which i feel like sure we all kind of know it but do we really know it and when you really dig into it it's actually really cool and you're able to see where these hormonal imbalances are coming from where these symptoms are coming from another thing that we're going to cover is what you did 100 days ago and why it matters this month how to sync your training and nutrition to your cycle and supplements and protocols for period health along with some common mistakes so we're going to jump right into it um The first day of your period is when you bleed. It's actually like your real bleed. So it's not considered like the spot. Some people have spotting like a day or two before. Your first real day is like when you are full on bleeding. Um, And, you know, you know that already. So we'll skip right on to where the fun begins, which is day four. And this is your follicular phase. So that's the beginning. And it's really when the body is starting to prepare the uterus for pregnancy. Everything that happens during your menstrual cycle is basically just for that. It's always to prepare the body for pregnancy. Um, So the body starts diverting its resources. So hormonally, from an exercise, insulin sensitivity, recovery perspective, this is the time of the month that we're most like men, (laughs) right? This is kind of how men are all month long. This is how we are just during the follicular phase. Um, so during this phase, we have better exercise performance, better exercise recovery. We feel more energetic. It's probably like the most energetic you'll feel throughout your whole cycle. And this starts to change a little bit once you get into the luteal phase, which is the next phase. And it's really when the body starts diverting resources for a potential pregnancy. So you get induced a slight bit of insulin resistance, and it's typically because you're sparing the glucose for a potential pregnancy. So it's for the glucose is for the baby. Um, You have a little bit more protein oxidation, less of the protein you eat is going to muscle recovery and more is going towards generating and maintaining the endometrial tissue that you built up in order to sustain the healthy pregnancy. So again, common theme, you the the body basically starts allocating those things for a potential pregnancy and you get less of it. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, but an overview of the luteal phase is really, it's really just meant and it was designed really to maintain the pregnancy, right? And I included a little chart. So if you're watching this in the live or in the community call, then you'll see how these hormones come into play. And this graph can look a little bit confusing. Um, so I'm going to try to explain it in the least sciencey way possible. But basically, there are follicles in our ovaries. And you have many follicles. They do decrease as age goes on. And once, you know, that once that number is really low and it loses viability, then that's when we actually start going through menopause. Right. But there's follicles in the ovaries and the follicle gets stimulated and releases an egg. And you want one follicle and one egg stimulated each cycle. Uh, so without getting too sciencey, it's important to understand these hormones that we talked about. So I'll be kind of going over like where these bumps go up and down and why they matter. Um, but basically the hypothalamus releases GnRH and that communicates with the pituitary, which then releases LH and FSH. And these hormones stimulate the ovaries to do their stuff. So FSH is going to remain pretty consistent. Um, it doesn't really change too much throughout, but yeah, it's going to stay consistent as it stimulates the follicle to start growing. And as it grows, the follicle starts to release estrogen. So once estrogen hits a threshold, there's a surge of LH and this causes the release of the egg from the follicle. So F FSH, right? The follicle. And then eventually there's a surge of there's a surge of estrogen from the follicle, right? From the follicle being stimulated and growing. And that's really when the egg is going to boop. It's going to drop. And that's when we're going to see a surge of LH. And this is super important because with the surge of LH, this is really the most important part, which is when we ovulate. And a lot of things happen at this point. For example, our body temperature is going to change. And that's how we really know that we're ovulating. It's also super important to track this, um, especially whenever you want to measure your um, your levels and see where your hormones are at. We always want to do it five to six days after ovulation because we'll see not only the rise in temperature, but also you start to see that rise in progesterone. And I'll get into that in a bit. But basically, the eggs goes the egg goes into the fallopian tubes and it waits for the sperm there. The old follicle becomes the corpus, corpus luteum, and this structure is what secretes the, the progesterone. And so you've definitely heard of progesterone. It's a super popular hormone. Um, but like I showed you in the chart, after ovulation, progesterone starts going up. And progesterone is the hormone that wants to maintain and prepare us for pregnancy. It's the one that's diverting those resources to build that luscious endometrial lining. And you'll even see it here in the chart, right? You see how progesterone is going up, 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 and so is the lining. So that's what you, that's really what's help thickening and maintaining that lining. That's its job. Um, and that's obviously going to be super important because that's what, you know, the baby will need. So a little bit of backstory. But like I said before, it raises your core body temperature. That's exactly when it induces that slight bit of insulin resistance. And all in the name of diverting the resources to start that healthy pregnancy. 
But when the egg doesn't get fertilized and pregnancy doesn't happen, it shuts all the all the tissue and it's triggered by the drop of progesterone and estrogen and then it starts all over again. So that's really an overview of how the body literally builds itself up and then tears itself down <laughs> and then literally just repeats it in a cycle, um, which if you think about it is super cool and it actually requires a lot of work, nutrients, energy for all of that to happen. So that's why we're going to move on to why what you did 100 days ago matters this month. So it takes 100 days for your follicles to mature from their dormant state all the way to ovulation. And we talked about ovulation, right? As a reminder, ovulation ovulation usually happens at around day 15, 14 to 17 of your cycle. Um, and ideally, you want to measure your levels five to six days after this, so about day 19 to 21. But this is a super important part, right? Because... Ovulation is just very important for your health, right? That's kind of what, that's kind of like your period is your fifth vital sign for that reason. But again, if your follicles were unhealthy for any part of the maturate, the maturation process, then the result could be a period problem months later. So period health is a long-term project, just like permanent fat loss. It takes time. Um, but yeah, when you're, Follicles enter the final stage of their development. You know, you enter the follicular phase and that's when things really start working like we saw. And then the final stage of your follicles, 100 day journey to ovulation, that's where the corpus, corpus luteum comes in, right? So we talked about the structure. It even looks different, right? Like this is the follicle, the little egg is inside, the egg comes out, right? During ovulation, it drops, goes into the fallopian tubes. And then these structures just, it's a completely different one, right? So this is the corpus luteum. And the super cool thing is that the corpus luteum can be affected by inflammation, by thyroid disease, or problems with insulin, even deficiency of nutrients such as magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin D, iodine, zinc, selenium. And that's a lot, right? Because these are just like, like the super important vitamins involved in your in your in your period health um, which we'll talk a little bit about later what supplements to take but even for example um even for and i know you know we have some women on here but even if you're on birth control right you're not really ovulating um but that means that the 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 quote-unquote like synthetic hormones right in the pills they're actually are taking a big chunk of these vitamins um, away from you. So a lot of women on birth control are generally deficient in most of these vitamins and not all of them. Um, so again, that, that we'll cover a little bit more in the supplement section, but that's super important to take note of. Um, and yeah, so your follicle really requires good health and nutrition for a solid 100 days then it still has to have that same power and vitality to literally form a four centimeter corpus luteum gland in one day. This all happens in one day. Like it literally, you know, ruptures, releases the egg, and then a whole new gland just builds up in your system. Like, I think that that is so crazy to think about. And many specialists call this an ovarian triathlon, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> but that's literally what it is, right? Think about it. It is a race, right? It is a race to, the egg really has a, ra a, a race to be fertilized. It wants to be the first one to, you know, and I mean sperm too, like are in a race to get to the egg, right? But 
it's kind of crazy when you think about it that way, because, you know, I'm sure triathlon athletes are training a lot. And similarly, women need to train consistently, not just obviously physical training, but also like training your nutrition training your sleep hygiene, training your step goal, training um, your micronutrient status, right? How many, how much micronutrients are you really consuming in your diet? And what supplements can you take to fill in those gaps? Because unfortunately, like we just don't have that kind of schedule where we can be eating micronutrients all day. Um, so yeah, that's why nutrition is so important for period health. Um, and I will just move on to really quickly do an overview as to how to sync your training and your nutrition to your cycle. The big question is, do you have to train with your cycle? And I, it's yes or no. There's, it can be yes or no. Like there's no right or wrong answer. And I personally think that it's just a preference and knowing the facts you know, once you're really aware of what your body is doing and how it's feeling during each phase of your cycle, it won't be a surprise that you're craving certain foods. It won't be a surprise that your body feels lower energy than usual. You'll just kind of know the facts and be able to make a more informed decision off of that. So, you know, the only times I would not recommend switching up or syncing up your training and nutrition is if you're struggling to adhere. So if you have always had adherence problems where it's very easy for you to, you know, keep up with a healthy balanced diet for like a week and then you fall off and you're kind of in a toxic cycle, then I don't recommend just switching it up because you, the main goal will just be to adhere to one thing and then you'll have the flexibility to, you know, maybe perhaps sync it up, but, um, it might hurt your adherence basically. So that would kind of be the only case that I would be like, no, but the most important part is to, again, just acknowledge what's going on. Be aware of what part of your cycle you're in. And you can do this by tracking your basal body temperature. Super important. I think period apps are awesome. And I think majority of period apps actually let you input your body temperature for the day. So still, like, you know, if you're using a period app, it will definitely do you wonders to know when you're actually ovulating because there are many people who get periods but don't ovulate so it's possible so definitely keeping track is super important um another way to do it is by getting an aura ring your aura ring will just automatically have your body temperature like it'll automatically register it it also does other super cool things like track your sleep um like your deep sleep your REM sleep um your oxygen levels, your heart rate, your steps, your activity levels. It's really cool. It's like an all-in-one ring. Um, and we're actually having a giveaway in our private client community. So that's exciting. <laughs> and if you didn't know that we're doing a giveaway, definitely look back in the group chat. But but yeah, so um, you can also go old school and just use a regular ass thermometer. It doesn't have to be fancy. You just do it every single morning at the same time or around the same time and just input it in your app. Or you could even input it in your notes section and keep track of it yourself. Um, yeah, but you know, oftentimes for me personally, my workouts will stay the same. If I do choose to lower the intensity, it'll be because I'm feeling low energy or maybe experiencing problematic period symptoms. So if you have like back aches or cramps or something along those lines, definitely feel free to honor what your body feels and lower the intensity 
during the luteal phase, right? So remember, follicular phase means first. F, follicular, first, right? So this is the first part of your cycle. This is immediately after you bled. Energy is high. This is a really good time for go for that PR, right? If you were like, I'm scared to go up and wait, but I should go up and wait. This is the time to go up and wait, right? This is where you're going to feel the most energized and you'll be able to lift a lot heavier um, compared to your luteal phase, right? And then luteal phase, L for last, right? Think about it, last last part, right? You want to definitely take that time to listen to your body, um, maybe do more parasympathetic activities over high intensity activities. And what I mean by parasympathetic activity, it's like your stretching, your breath work, your meditation, your prayer, yoga, maybe journaling, reading, um, really giving the time that safe space to relax. You should technically be doing parasympathetic activity at least five to 10 minutes a day every day, regardless of what phase you're in. But this phase, you'll really want to prioritize it. Um, you can also be increasing protein during this time and sleeping maybe an additional couple, like 30 to 60 minutes to really um, give that body that extra time that it needs for recovery since recovery won't be as optimal as before. All right. Next, we'll go over supplements and protocols for period health. So magnesium is the miracle mineral for periods. And magnesium can solve so many problems. It's literally good for everything. It's good for gut health. It's good for thyroid health. It's good for like a lot of things, but it's very good for period health because it's anti-inflammatory and promotes the healthy metabolism of estrogen. And again, we need all these to be working really well. Um, and some good food sources include nuts, seeds, and leafy vegetables. Uh, you can also just supplement with it. I did link a, um, a powder, um, magnesium has really like calming, relaxing qualities. So many people take it at nighttime. So I think this source of magnesium that I linked is going to be great because you get to just mix it in with like chamomile tea or just get to drink it on your own. Um, kind of like a sleepy, um, sleepy cocktail. What do they call it? Sleepy girl mocktails or whatever. Um, yeah, you get to just like drink it right before bed or kind of like maybe with your dinner, or like when you're starting to unwind, right? Um, zinc is another huge player in period health and nourishes ovarian follicles to promote healthy progesterone and ovulation. Some food sources include red meat. All red meat is, is, is pretty high in zinc. Um, it, and many vegetarians and vegans are zinc deficient. So again, a really great way to supplement is just getting a zinc supplement. You can also get a quality multivitamin. I did link one later on in this document, but if you get a quality vitamin, multivitamin, you'll be able to get pretty much all these vitamins in one. My pet peeve with multivitamins is do not get the gummies. If you want gummies, buy real gummies. <laughs> do not buy vitamin gummies. They actually have like such poor dosages and like fillers and additives. And they're just, they're doing nothing for you, to be honest. I'm sorry. Like they don't do anything. So, um, and then other multivitamins, they typically have just poured like poor levels of each of each vitamin. So make sure that it's an efficacious dose um, for each a vitamin and mineral. And I linked one that has a high dose pretty much for everything. So it's literally almost like you're having all the individual ones, but not really because it's, you know, just one. But yeah, um, quality multivitamins, it matters. Quality supplement matters. I did a training on that before. I'll 
definitely link it. So if you, if you missed it, but yeah, vitamin D3, next one, steroid hormone. It's essential for insulin sensitivity and ovulation. Vitamin D is essential for everything. Everyone's sufficient in vitamin D. If you are not taking a vitamin D3 supplement, you should. Um, yeah, there's just, it's like literally a global issue. <laughs> like everyone is deficient in vitamin D3 and it's so important. Um, food sources include egg yolks and mackerel, but it's super hard to get enough from food. It's even hard to get it from the sun. It's just hard to get. So definitely a vitamin D3 supplement is pretty much always necessary. Um, and if you don't want to buy this on your own, you could go to your doctors and they'll just give you a script. Yeah. And then iodine promotes healthy metabolism and detoxification of estrogen and also makes cells less sensitive to estrogen. Some food sources include iodized salt, seafood, butter from grass-fed cows, plant foods like mushrooms and leafy greens, but the ones that are grown in iodine-rich soil. So uh, yeah, consider a multivitamin because <laughs> this is a lot. Finally, to close, some common mistakes. It's adopting these habits for a month and stopping. Like I mentioned, it's 100 days. And that just and that also doesn't mean like work hard for 100 days and you feel super good and then you stop. You kind of never stop. Your nutrition should always be, you know, whole foods, um, anything, anything that has anti-inflammatory properties. Um, you know, I, I did a, the veggies training a couple weeks ago filling your body with micronutrients, right? That's kind of the only reason why you need the veggies, right? Fiber, micronutrients, um, you know, a healthy gut balance. But yeah, again, it's not just a month long thing. All right. Neglecting sleep. This one's a really big one. And we didn't um, touch too much on it. Like we didn't talk really much about like why sleep is so important. But if I, if you take anything away from why sleep is important is know that during the deepest part of your sleep, that's when your hormones are being released and produced. And if you don't have that sleep, you're not giving your body the opportunity to work properly. So deep sleep, super important, which is why all of you have been assigned sleep hygiene or some sort of night routine to help you achieve that deep sleep. Because again, you might have like nine hours of sleep and have really shitty sleep and not enter that deep sleep and just be tossing and turning the whole time. So deep sleep is super important. Another common mistake is not exercising. You can fix the world could fix so much by just exercising. And I think there's this, um, I think there's this really big myth that you shouldn't exercise on your period or, um, you know, like you, I, I used to have, who was it? Someone in my family would tell me like, oh, don't do ab workouts on your period. Like it's going to hurt. Like you're, it's going to like damage your uterus or something like that. I don't know. There's just a lot of myths. So exercising is always good. And there's so many studies that actually show that if you exercise during your period, it can actually really help alleviate your cramps and help with your mood. And there's just so many benefits to it. Um, and last but not least, not hydrating, make sure you're getting those, um, 128 ounces of water. Um, and, you know, minimum 100, you know, so definitely be sure to track your water intake. I think many people think they're having that much and then they track it and they're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm not having that much. So water intake, super, super important. But that's really all I have in terms of getting to know your cycle and syncing up your nutrition and exercise. So feel free to drop any questions in the chat if you have any. 
Um, or even if you're catching it on Facebook, feel free to drop questions. Even if you're watching the replay, I'll definitely be sure to answer them. Thank you for watching today's training. If you are watching from the podcast, be sure to shoot me a DM that says cycle and I'll be sure to send over uh, supplement links, especially for the ones that help you with your overall period health. Um, we can definitely discuss that over DM so that you can start working on that 100 day journey. Um, but that's all I have for you. I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks, Metabolic Mommies. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today's episode of Metabolic Mommy. If you found today's episode useful, the best way to say thank you is by leaving a five-star review on the platform that you're listening to. You can also share with me your favorite part of the episode by sending me a DM on Instagram at fit.ms. See y'all later, Metabolic Mommies.